I tried. Ooh. That's as fast as I could go with my thumb. Morning. Someone's been practicing. <laughs> Welcome to Don't Be the Artist. I'm Hagen. I'm Dave. I'm Adam. I'm Jackson, and let's see how uh, far we can get through this episode without talking about Chris Evans' dick. Too late. Damn it. Fuck. I fucked it up, guys. Welcome. <laughs> welcome one. Welcome all. Welcome Chris Evans' dick. A bright early morning. Um, how's everybody doing? <laughs> eh. Yeah. It's yeah. a gloomy day, man. I like gloomy days like this. Uh, is it raining in Denton? Uh, not, not that yet. I know of. It just made no. me tired. Oh. It just makes me tired. Yeah. Well, I work uh, when I go. Whenever I go into work, I work in a cave. I don't have any windows, so there are just days that I go in when it's uh, the sun is just rising, and then I walk out and the sun is setting, and I'm just like, "Huh, I'm gonna fucking kill myself." <laughs> That's <laughs> depressing. Yeah. <laughs> At least you know you didn't go from an office with a window to having your office taken away like I did. So. Oh, that's probably good. That really sucked. <laughs> I like that it's an office with a window to no office. The window is well. No, I have no. I have an office still. Uh, there's just no window. It's oh. in you know a cave like Jackson's. Yeah, you, you would be shocked. The first place I worked at, um, you there was technically a window, but it was a window into the rest of the building. But if you crouched in just the right way, you could see outside. And I remember a couple of us would do that to see, oh, is it raining? Is it uh, that kind of stuff? Uh, so that's American work culture for you guys. And that's what we're going to be talking about this week is American Dude, work I, culture. I, <laughs> I, no I, music. I have, I have so many uh, uh, memories of when I used to work at Beep and uh, I'd be in a lesson and <laughs> we would hear it raining like in the room, but the rooms were like all in the back. So you couldn't like, you couldn't see anything. There are no windows. So literally we'd stop a lesson to go see the weather. Like it was the greatest thing in the world. Like, Oh my goodness, there's a change. We don't have to play music for a minute. I don't have to teach. Yay. Oh dude. I would milk that <laughs> every time it happened. There was, there was one time I was standing out just outside the lesson room door and I was like, uh, I can't really tell if it's raining. And my student goes, it is. And I was like, I can't really see it. He goes, you're old, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> One day that kid will understand taking a poop break at work and just ending up sitting on your phone for 10 minutes and realizing you never had to poop. My, nope. my my favorite thing used to be walking like in the back of the of the place and just seeing Dave on his phone vaping in the back. Like the student would walk and go, "I've go to the bathroom," and he'd just be in the back vaping on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you get tuned up and, and uh, practice what we did last week. <laughs> <laughs> What's really great about my situation now is like uh, there is over half of the building I'm working in is completely vacant. So what I do. I used to feel guilty about walking around aimlessly in a building where other people are working. But now, whenever I'm just like, you know what? I just need a break. I get up, I put my headphones on, and I just wander through the, like, half a million square feet of, like, just empty space. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot easier to hide now when no one's there. It makes you wonder why you're there. <laughs> <laughs> why? Yeah. Are you not working from home anymore? Unfortunately not. Damn. I was gonna say when you just walking around though, you're you're still working. You're thinking about those you know complicated problems you have to solve or something. Yeah. Just oh, in yeah. case your boss is listening. I don't know. 
Like what? how to put new no. batteries in the calculator. Yeah, what happens yeah. when there's... Do, uh, what? How, we don't have enough calculators. What do we do? There's not enough calculators. <laughs> this Somebody doesn't add up. Somebody get more calculators! Yeah, we can't make... <laughs> can't make more. Jackson, is that what you like at work? Man, you should see. I, I do make those jokes all the time. I watch people at my work try and fumble to work like excel in the basic function and sometimes i'll stop a meeting and i'll just go hey guys look at us if anybody knew what company we worked for and saw how we can't function under a basic calculation they would think we're (laughs) fucking idiots and everyone (laughs) always loves it when i do that (laughs) so adam here how about we we're we're getting into news Uh, news 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 not the news whatever we're gonna call this uh adam I'm going to bring you up with this first piece of news. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, they're one step closer to an EGOT. That is an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. Adam, which one do they not have? They don't have a Tony yet. Correct. You think they're going to make that Uh, Nine Inch Nails uh, uh, stage play? Fuck that. Get it out of here. I don't want any of that shit. They need to stay away from the stage. Ooh. I mean, yeah, they're, if they're Green not Day can do it, get that award. Okay, if Green Day can do it, is like such a I, they 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 like did it like big old quotes on top you of that. Fucking gatekeeper. <laughs> Man, couldn't agree with you more, Dave. I feel like a Nine Inch Nails um, musical would either be a really cool experiment, and it could be like some off Broadway, like hour long experimental thing that's just really crazy. And you can have all this new technology. Everyone wears VR for half of it or some shit like that. Or you're going to have something that they think is super edgy, but it's just super painful to watch. Probably the last. It's just an hour of Trent Reznor doing bicep curls. They would have to. <laughs> they would have to find the right producer. I mean, that's. I mean, like, if they wanted to do something crazy experimental, they'd have to find somebody in the in the scene to like be able to back them and help them with it because i don't think they could do it on their own i don't think they could pull any of that off on their own so i i really do think they would need the right kind of person to help them especially with directing too they couldn't direct a, a, a stage performance i don't think they could do that all they need to do is have somebody who's just a mega fan who also happens to be in broadway or something like that and um just say hey will you write you know, a score, and then they're in. That's it. That's all they need. Lin- they don't need Lin- to Manuel Miranda. Need to be their idea. They just exactly. Lin Manuel, dude, that would be like the the cringiest thing. They could have done this for Year Zero, and it would have made sense. But I don't know if their newest albums would make sense as a Broadway musical, right, Dave? No, it wouldn't. It'd be. I'm not going to that musical. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, what musical are you going to, Dave? What'd you say, Hagen? What what musical are you going to? I, what, I mean, like, what, to be fair, like, what musical are you actually going to go to? Uh, dude, I don't know, but I'm not going to that one. <laughs> yeah, the, the good ones. Yeah, you yeah. know. So, uh, didn't they uh, do a um, Ken Burns score? Would that make a good um, Tony Award winning uh, musical? I, I don't know. Would About it? the Vietnam War? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to guess a lot of people wouldn't want to go see that. <laughs> With I, experimental music. It's a super long documentary, too. Yeah. Everything Ken Burns does is just really, really long. Yeah. When, he did one of those master classes. Like, who is that master class for? Like, amateur documentarians? 
Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, sorry, guys. That's exactly, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it's for. <laughs> I'm going to get off this news topic. Uh, it sucks. I'm really sorry, guys. I thought Adam would like this, and I wanted to include him. I was going to add, they're not the only ones who just won a Emmy for uh, Best Composer who are now on track to get an EGOT, so... I can't know how to. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but Ludwig Granson, I think. Beethoven. Uh, yeah. Yep. Beethoven. Uh, Beethoven won an Emmy last night. Yeah. Did you guys yeah, see that? Yeah. You know. It's a bit delayed, but yeah, he won for uh, Mandalorian, and uh, he's only got the Tony left as well, which seems more likely to happen to me than Trent Reznor at this point. Yeah. Which. Uh... So on to more award-winning news. Kanye West urinated on his Grammy, uh, his <laughs> Grammy trophy during a tweet rampage. I don't know much about this tweet storm that he's on, but the man is obviously sick. I'm not a fan of him and the things he says, but he's obviously sick. But this is one of those little nuggets of like, ah, that's kind of funny. We can all laugh at that. At he least. was going on about how the record labels like won't let the artists own their masters. So they're losing a lot of money because of it. It, it, He is, he is sick and he needs help, but he was, he has good points aside up and right up until he peed on the Grammy. But he also, but he also (laughs) compared it. He also compared it to like being like a slave without, and and it's like, okay, sure. There's, I mean, like if anyone's going to say it, I guess they mean, yeah, go ahead. But that's such a weird comparison to make. Yeah. He, he he called the record labels like his masters, and it was like the weirdest he, thing in the world. He also tweeted out the editor of Forbes's phone number and said, "Hey, this is a white supremacist," and then Twitter banned him for twelve hours. Oh my god! <laughs> so Holy he had a wild shit. like twenty four hours on Twitter that day. I yeah. just like I I can't imagine having that much energy and typing on my phone to get get rid of the energy. Uh, let me, yeah, let me, let me tell send. you how to do it. And then you just send. you just need to like be bipolar. That's how you have you have yeah, to be true. in those in those kind of mindsets where nothing stops you. Nothing nothing can stop you. And I mean, the thing is that Kanye has been medicated before, and he's just not been taking his meds for the past year or however long. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, he just has to get back on that, and hopefully, this kind of thing will stop. But. Yeah, wasn't his new album supposed to come out a little while ago? I think so. It was, and then, um, and then uh, Nick Cave wrote uh, <laughs> it, right, Adam? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, it all it's Nick Cave's story from, from the other week. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that could have been doing months great. ago. I don't really know at this point. Something about news cycles, uh, so much news all at once. Uh, Trump sucks. Uh you know yeah there oh, we go kill shit it, right guys there. <laughs> best episode ever i i wouldn't say that this one's really news but i didn't want it to slip by uh hagan shared a video in our group chat this week uh, a video of takashi 69 or uh for true fans for the true connoisseurs uh takashi 66 i love this so much uh, <laughs> handing out his new CD on the New York City streets. And here's the thing I have with that. I'm not even going to give him any credit because shitty dude through and through. Don't really care to give him any type of credit. Of like, well, at least he cares about the music. Um, but here's what bothers me is he was released early from prison. 
due to COVID concerns, and yet there's video of him in the streets of New York City, which is a hot spot with a no fucking mask on, just handing out CDs to strangers who also don't have masks on. That's fucked. Yeah. Dude, it doesn't add up. They're just not afraid of the virus, dude. And he, I mean, he cares about his music that much. He yeah. cares about his music that, I mean, the, I mean, the best part about the video is that he is like handing his, his CD to people and they're like, can I get a picture with you? And he's like, yeah, but, but listen to the music, but please yeah. listen to the music. He keeps saying, make sure you listen to it. Yeah. It's so <laughs> What does that say about your character as an artist? If you yeah. have to tell people, hey, please make sure you listen to this. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes me wonder if the music is actually on the CD or if it's something else and he's doing some weird conspiracy theory bit. That'd be great. I think oh. he just made it a conspiracy theory. Yes, that's how it starts. <laughs> that's how it starts, Adam. Because, well, I mean, nobody's going to actually listen to that if they get handed it on the street. No, because, yeah, I mean, like, so for anybody who doesn't, who has never been to Hollywood or I, I never had this happen to me in New York, but definitely happens in Hollywood. It happens is there will be people who... Yeah, the people who come up to you with like this stack of CDs they got at like a Best Buy or something like that, or a Circuit City or an Entertain Mart, or if you're in Australia, a JB Hi-Fi, um, they come up to you with these like stack of CDs and they're just handing them to you and they're like free for a donation, that kind of shit. So like it, he that is what he's doing. He's not handing out like a a vinyl copy or a CD copy of physical. He's literally pulling off the ring. Uh, like he's a janitor with all these like key rings and he's just handing out the CDs. So it for people who don't know who he is, it, they're just going to throw that CD away. They don't give a shit. Yeah, I wish I, if I were game. there, I would have been like, yeah, no, I don't want it. I don't like your music. <laughs> I'll pass. Little did he know Nicki Minaj was on the album. Ooh. Whoa. But just make sure you listen to it. He should have he said that. He should have said Nicki Minaj is on the album and people probably would have listened to the album instead of just being like, can I take a selfie with you? I mean, that's like, that's an actual <laughs> selling point instead of just like, oh, fuck, it's Takashi 69 Who gives a fuck? This is just funny. Yeah. <laughs> Takashi 6699 We need to make I'm sure so sorry. I'm not, say I'm, that. Yeah, Hagen, say it right. I'm not a true fan. I, I can't, I'm not going to fake, I'm not going to be a fake fan here. Yeah. Jesus. Adam's the biggest fan. I'm going to try and get some real... Uh, crowd interaction on this one from Adam. So uh, you guys hold your horses real quick. So Madonna, just go on the mute. famous pop star, is uh, set to co-write and direct her own biopic. And I can't tell you, you how much I don't have to explain who Madonna is. <laughs> but you I do. Can, everyone knows who Madonna is. <laughs> yeah, everyone does. And that's why it's you know fitting that she's writing and directing her own biopic. Which, you, know, I, I, you know Jackson and I are going to be, I don't know, real hyped up to watch that. I don't really, I don't know how anyone can be excited about that. <laughs> oh I think I, I think I'm really just off the bandwagon, no pun intended, for um, biopics. I just, I, I there have been some decent ones, was, but I just, I don't know, I don't like it. Was there a bandwagon on, on biopics recently? Yeah, whenever the Queen one came out, I feel like so many people, like definitely people who were older than us, uh, were just so enamored with it. Um, I guess they were blinded by the fact that it was like very revisionist. 
I thought it was still really good to watch. It was fun to watch, and I liked the Elton John one. Uh, so I looked up if Madonna had directed or written anything before. Uh, I, I assumed that she had like written her own or, or directed a music video or something. So I guess one of these things is like a short, like short music video film thing called Secret Project Revolution that she directed and wrote. But she also wrote and directed uh, two films, one called Filth and Wisdom and the other called We, but it's W dot E dot. Uh, it, they, they just sound kind of like nonsense. Uh, the, the, the We movie is the affair between King Edward VIII and American divorcee Wallace Simpson and a contemporary romance between a married woman and a Russian security guard. <laughs> what the fuck? That was the it has a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Filth and Wisdom, uh, a comedy centered on three flatmates living desperate lives in London. Well, so like sex in the city, but in London? <laughs> but by Madonna? Like, I, sex, I mean, in a, sex in a different city? I'm going to go ahead and just say she probably shouldn't do this. Uh, I, and also, it, it would like... She's doing it because if someone else does it, they're going to put her in a bad light because that's, I mean, she deserves to be put in a bad light. She shouldn't be put right. in a it's, good light at all during this. It's like uh, Elton John was an active participant in his and, you know, that probably turned out fine because he was fine with taking a critical look at himself. But, you know, Queen. Yeah, he wanted to make sure that all the stuff much. was in there that should be in there. Yeah, right. I think. I think so that, that's like, good, but I don't, I don't think Madonna's going to do that. No, and I and I think that a lot of these these biopics they include people that uh, I mean the people who are involved they are aware of what this is going to look like. I mean, like members of Queen were a part of that biopic, so it made a difference. Uh, but when when you have when you have someone like Madonna who could easily look like shit while she's involved, it's like if she's not involved, then I mean, of course she's going to hop in and try to make herself look better. But especially nowadays, with as as much as we know about trans culture, especially in the eighties and nineties, and as much as we know just about like the gay culture and everything, she stole so much of that in the eighties. Right. Vogue was stolen, and so that's a thing that's like if if that gets out, I mean, like if that gets out in a movie that people are going to go see, I mean, that's a huge that's a huge fuck up for her for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm totally fine with biopic movies. I just don't know if everybody should do one. I, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely don't think everyone deserves one. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think about who would be a fun biopic to watch. And, like, there's people that I would watch if they did a biopic. Like, I mean, I would love a Dave Grohl. That's because I love Dave Grohl. But, I mean, or like, the, the Rolling Stones. Yeah, Rolling Stones. That would be great. I think that there's there's a lot of really cool ones. But at the same time, I mean, it would have to be perfect. Again, you have to be willing to, like, let everything out you have to there, there can't be anything hidden in the closet if you do something like that uh and i i think that's my biggest fear about that sort of stuff yeah i think it'd be even like if dave Grohl directed his own biopic but that's the thing too is i don't think he would want to do one right yeah i i don't think he would want to do one either um i, I would be interested to see if there was like potentially like a kurt cobain biopic I think that would be something that would I, I would be I would worry would like maybe sully his name just a little bit too much or maybe be something that is I don't know like too like uh, happy or like I I don't know they might try to spin it in a way that wouldn't be good for a movie 
right? Uh, yeah. Instead of like I mean, just being, they got pretty to close to that with Montage of Heck. But that one still is like super uh, uh, biased. It's very yeah. biased because because that that's the one that that says Courtney Love did it, right? No, I think that was uh, I think that one's called Soaked in Bleach. Okay, yeah, both of those movies are very very biased, and 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 they they think a very specific thing happened. And uh, if, it, if Soaked in Bleach, that's the one that thinks Courtney Love did it. That one is just like let's 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 focus on this so hard even without like full evidence of it and then i guess did courtney love produce montage of heck i don't know i think it was someone in his family but i don't know if it was courtney i think that she had something to do with that one so that one still had another layer to it that was like i'm gonna say what i want to say which is always problematic i mean again like they, she should be allowed to be a producer or, or something like that involved with it but yeah if but you're the if main you're writer should say, be someone so close to the to the actual subject yeah if you're having someone say something to sort of like change the story to how you want it to look instead of like here's what fucking happened then that's where it gets a little iffy um but i don't know i I mean again there's there's some people that would be a fun biopic there's some people that wouldn't be jackson who do you want to see a biopic made of i think no one i think i'm uh, completely (laughs) off the bandwagon as i said earlier I'm sorry. What about the Gallagher brothers? Yeah, wouldn't that be good? You know, I heard Patrick H. Willems, a YouTuber I really like, uh, pitched a um, in his Why Biopics Suck video. He pitched <laughs> a really good idea for an Oasis one where it's like, okay, focus on a time period. Don't do these like whole career because it's just dumb. No one cares about that. And he was like talking about like uh, how there it'd be really interesting to see like. Um, the Gallagher brothers are just Oasis in that period right after their biggest album. What's the story morning glory and how like tumultuous that period was. And just kind of the story of like what it's like to be on top of the world and like what happens when that kind of pressure is on you. And I was like, see, that actually sounds interesting and not just because it's Oasis, but because that's just an interesting story. So, yeah. Uh, But to be honest, I don't want to see that either. I just don't do it. No more yeah, I mean, please. At that point, I'd rather just see a really well done documentary. Yeah. But but the general yeah. public doesn't tend to like gravitate towards watching. <clears throat> Sorry, documentaries. Yeah. And, but and which I wonder why they don't wouldn't uh, gra- still make those uh, documentaries because like I think the production uh, costs are they've got to be lower other than you know maybe using the music is still the same price other than that you know. Yeah, because most you don't of the have time to have this big ass movie. Yeah, most of the time a good documentary is just like a compilation of archival footage and a really lengthy interview with everybody involved. I think that's the yeah. tricky part is like getting the rights to like you said the music but also like getting the people to talk. Uh, and so that's the thing about these biopics again is that people get to kind of do what they want with it or like in Elton John's case, I mean he was good about it and was like I'm here, you know, I want to tell the story. Yeah, yeah, I just know that there were issues like in that uh, Straight Outta Compton movie, like Dr. Dre and them having such a heavy hand in it that, you know, Dr. Dre had these incidents where he was, you know, violent to women, like actually beating women and stuff like that. And that was just completely omitted yeah. uh, because he had such a heavy hand in the um, production that, you know, of course, he's not going to put something, an incident like that. So. 
which is strange because that that's that's kind of if you if the closer you don't have to get that close to the life and times of Dr. Dre to know that that's that information is public and it's out there. He hasn't been shy about talking about it. Yeah, I don't know. Biopics are tricky. Uh, you obviously you want to have the person there, but uh, to you know talk to them and get their feedback on a situation, but also you don't want them too close. But I guess we've already said that. Do y'all want a, a Gallagher update? Uh, yeah. Gallagher update. Um, so Noel Gallagher is, uh, I guess he was inspired by Kanye this week and has taken to some dumbass comments. So uh, I'll start with the first one. I think the first one's a little, you know, you know, not as big of a deal because you can just write them off and be like, eh, who cares? But the second one, yeah, I just don't like what he's saying at all. Um, so No Gallagher claims, and this is a direct quote, there's too many liberties being taken away from us. And then Dave sent a very, a very funny screenshot of Jason Isbell fanning the flames of this <laughs> with uh, Damon Albarn. <laughs> Yeah, because they had that the uh, the famous feud between Blur and Oasis, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he was. Uh, I don't have it on hand, but what did he say? He was like, "Now's the time to strike." Yeah, he he basically said, "Damon, get on this. Uh, draw some face masks on the gorillas and settle this once and for all." So <laughs> very very funny. Um, Noel Gallagher. I didn't even bother to read into what he was talking about with that. It just sounds like he's being stupid so you know don't listen to your rock stars don't listen to them all the time here's the second thing he said though um is that british culture would never sexualize a female and this was uh, him slamming a bunch of uh, american stars including miley cyrus for promoting the sexualization of women which it's just like that there's no place for you know a, a a man to tell another woman what to do. So also, what hearing is he saying? that, Hold on. I was just like, like I, dude, Miley Cyrus is doing that. She's doing what she wants. It's okay. Like, what is he saying though? He's saying that British culture would like that doesn't happen in British culture. That's what he's saying. Yeah, something what? about that. Yeah, he, he him thinks and his, they can't do anything wrong. I guess. Is if they've never had something like this happen before, which I'm sure has happened. Because uh, right now, though, I can't think of any famous British pop stars. But that's but that's not what he's saying. He's saying that British culture wouldn't sexualize women, and that's that's like a giant statement to some that that like, okay, I can't say if that's right or not, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it's not because it doesn't sound like it would be correct. Yeah, that sounds like a really bold statement to make. Here's his full quote is women have been sexualized because of America. British culture would never sexualize a female. This has all come from America, that juvenile jock, stupid fucking culture, which is very funny that he's saying juvenile jock culture. I'm not saying America is peachy at all, but I I don't know where he's coming from with this. It's, it's very weird. And, uh, I guess I should stop with the Gallagher updates. Maybe. I mean, he. <laughs> we have to point out that he started his like comments about this by saying that Miley Cyrus was a god awful woman. So you know that you know, maybe he's right. They've never sexualized women in Britain, but they sure talk shit about people and 
treat low treat yeah there you matter. go with that yeah. statement, that kind of just that kind of just sounds like nonsense to me. That doesn't sound that doesn't sound like factual or I mean, uh, saying saying that it's because of America. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. But also, like, I mean, there. I, 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 I'm thinking now. I mean, like, Dua Lipa is 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 British. I mean, like, there's there's plenty of people who, plenty of women who are. And I mean, I it just I, maybe it is yeah. because of their maybe it's because of America, but who knows? I, mean, I think man, it's it's really statement. crazy to think about like who who is around him that he still feels comfortable saying shit like that in public. <laughs> well, like, yeah, and also you have to like it, he's a fifty-something-year-old man telling a twenty-year-old what to do, and it's just like, man, you have no place in doing that. Like it, it doesn't right. matter. You're not some elder statesman who gets to you know gatekeep and whatnot right yeah he's not anyone that people should really respect either so yeah Yeah, that's i guess that's the other thing too is like is it really i mean we're we're talking about it because we want to express our opinions on it but other than that it's like fuck that guy who cares exactly yeah no nobody nobody's listening to this and like i guarantee you even his fans aren't reading this religiously his fans are still listening to what's the story morning glory and that's about it right they don't know they probably don't even know he's alive anymore that kind of shit just doesn't even phase them so yeah that's that's a good point so moving on to i I found this interesting uh, is that Billie eilish is launching a new toy collection inspired by her music videos uh, that's got to be one of the first instances outside of like, you know, sci-fi rock bands doing something like this. I really don't know anybody. I'm looking at the bad guy figurine right now. Yeah, that's what I was gonna this say. Shit's... I can't wait. I can't wait for kids to be like, I want to be the bad guy. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I gotta see this. So, I gotta tell you. So, y- you make that joke, but my nine-year-old niece, she loves Billie Eilish, and. I don't see that as a bad thing at all. Oh. Like that that's a great idol. Like I was right. uh poking fun at my girlfriend the other day saying like, "Oh, you remember when you were her age and you were just like gung-ho about like Lizzie McGuire? She's into <laughs> Billie Eilish." <laughs> I just think that shit is that's just wild. Like it's awesome, but it's just wild how much things have changed in like well, I don't know, like 10, 15 years, I guess. Right. Yeah, it's very different. She's killing it, though. Yeah, she definitely is, and I, I'm very interested to see these bad. Maybe that's what that's why I put this in the show. Is I'm gonna get this for my niece for Christmas or some shit like that. <laughs> you confuse the show notes. Well, you confuse the show notes with your Christmas list for your niece. <laughs> <laughs> my bad guys. I'm trying I saw, to see I, if I. It's forty dollars for a ten point five inch bad guy doll. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah, it's not great. That's, that sounds that sounds like the price it would be. I mean, if it if it was any less than that, I think I'd be surprised. And for anyone, uh, I guess it'll be in the show notes. But it it it's like the type of uh, doll that's like a or, uh, yeah, I guess I did say doll, but it's a toy that's like a GI Joe type toy where it kind of looks like a Barbie GI Joe type. It's not like a it's fun an action pop figure. Or anything like it's that. an action figure. It's yeah. a collectible. I can't wait to collectivize it. <laughs> All right. I got one more piece of news. And to be honest, I couldn't even be bothered to read this full thing because it just read as legalese to me. And it's that Facebook was clarifying their rules on uh, music live stream 
ahead of the October 1st deadline. So the new rules are effectively, uh, they're, they're pretty blunt in their original statement saying, hey, uh, you can't have any music. You can't uh, have a, your, what is the exact wording they used? Um, the idea of their exact wording was basically like, if you make one of our videos, our products, a music listening experience, then we have the right to take it down. That was like the yeah. gist of their first statement. Yeah, and so th- and so that that's for Instagram as well. No, it's just, just for Facebook. Facebook. Just for Facebook. Oh, okay. If it's not yet, it will be though. But it, but it's yeah. it. But they adjusted it. They changed. Jackson, keep going. They 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 edited it and they made it. They made it better. I mean, it still is bullshit. But it's like it's it definitely is. It's more or less the same than it is now. But it's just they're they're coming. That's down. what it felt like whenever I was reading it. Because basically, they published a huge document saying like, "Here's the rules." Blah blah blah. But they basically were saying, oh, yeah, uh, we want to encourage musical expression on our platforms while also ensuring that we uphold our agreements with right holders. So, it, you know, they're saying it's this is to protect artists and songwriters and not have them, you know, get taken advantage of. But, uh, you know, as I said, this just all reads as legalese and is more of the same to me. I think they're really, this is tailored to, and I think we said this already, that this is obviously in response to live streams. Yeah. Right. But like, basically I think the difference they're trying to make is like, just don't post a video of a song. Like just don't post a video on your Facebook page of a song. Like it can be something else, but don't just do this. Uh, they already they already were taking down live streams, so I don't think that this is really a, a, as major of a change as they made it sound like. I think this is m- supposed to be more of like we want our our like website, our, our social media to be more like this, where it's like sh- share yourself, but like you know, there's, there's so many YouTube videos where I mean, even even if we just like as if a band goes through like CD Baby to upload their music and it goes through YouTube, then all you get on YouTube is like a YouTube video with like the album art and the song. And I think Facebook's trying to not have that happen. I think they're trying to not make Facebook a music listening experience, which is like, it never really was, but people were doing that because it makes sense to promote your music that way. Right. So we can still like, you know, uh, we could still do a live stream. Yes. As far as I know, you can still do a live stream. It, you could, like I said, you can still get taken down because that's always been the case. You can still get taken down. Like if, if somebody, did, if we did a live stream and covered Jesse's girl too, then we could get <laughs> taken down. <laughs> it's, it's, it's oh, just, I it's, wish, I wish sometimes I wish it was a video podcast. So we could I'm recording just have... this. I'm recording this zoom call. So we got it. We got oh, the video. Yes. <laughs> With all the heavy editing I'm going to have to do with all the fuck-ups I've had on my end, <laughs> I don't even... Whatever you're recording is not usable. It's usable. I'll make it usable. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I I listened to that. I didn't think it was that bad. Jackson's not going to talk about it. This is the thing. I didn't, this is I the, didn't listen to it. I assumed it was that bad. The fastest way I've learned, and I, I'm so happy I get to share this with all of our listeners, that I've learned the fastest way to get Jackson to stop talking is just start talking about Jesse's girl too, and then he stops. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my last piece of news that I had. 
we 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 discussed talking about uh state like stage personas, right? Yeah, that that's what we talked about. That's what we talked about, right? That's what I that's what I read in the group chat before I got in this Zoom call. Uh yeah, so like like uh artists or I guess even bands who have like stage uh name, stage personas, acts, all that sort of stuff. Um the there there's a lot of ones that like come to mind. But because of, uh, sorry, Olivia, because of the metal in me, I immediately go to uh, Death Clock, to Metalocalypse, because, I mean, that's a TV show, but it's also, like, I mean, it's these musicians, like, Brendan Smalls, that his name, um, he, he, he wrote the show, uh, but it's like, I mean, he, he made these characters up, and there's live musicians that play the music, but they play the characters on stage. So would you go as far to say, like, Gorillaz is the same kind of concept, too, or, or is that different? Yeah, I was going to say that the Gorillas is probably one of those uh yeah, it's one of the examples that you don't even think of them as a concept or anything cuz you're you're so used to this cartoon band and whatnot, but really in the end it's just Damon Albarn and a um uh, cartoonist uh, artist and all the other you know artists uh, who actually play with them are it's all just features and stuff like that so i would 100 percent. that's a stage persona or just really a persona is what we're uh talking about but as we said earlier damon albarn uh, made his name in blur and then the gorillas is how he got huge in america so and blur is famously not big in america except for that one song of them making fun of grunge music (laughs) (laughs) do you know do you know why he wanted to have the cartoons and and kind of be anonymous so the guy who he works with his name is jamie hewlett and i think that they were roommates at the time and they just kind of they they were just kicking around that like anybody who's had a roommate has done this where you're just like you live with your roommate and you're like man wouldn't it be such a good idea and they actually they they did it that's kind of how Damn. it worked is his his roommate was a famous artist and he was a famous musician and they were just like man we should work together how would that work and then that's what happened i want to be roommates with those guys exactly <laughs> i may be messing that up somewhat but from what i know that's kind of how it worked and apparently they have one of those apartments where like all these famous like British people just would come through and I, I mean like British musicians and whatnot so like you had the guys from like Attack Attack aka Banksy going through your apartment and whatnot Whoa. so that just sounds like a fucking good time yeah I mean that's that, that that's crazy I think that um there's there's I mean there's so many people who have done like personas uh I mean I think like the on the list we have Lady Gaga I mean that's a that's an interesting one because I think that I think that that is a persona, but it's also just like a persona and a stage name, obviously. But at the same time, it's like that just feels like her at this point. That just feels yeah. like her. But then on her last album, was was her last album Joanna? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Anyway, she she kind of, aban- not necessarily abandoned the persona, but she wanted that to be more close to the, close to her heart because it was about someone in her family. Right. Oh no, Chromatica. Her last album was Chromatica in 2020, yeah. and then uh, in 2016 was Joanne. Joanne, yeah, not Joanna. So, th- so here, here's what I was thinking about with uh, Lady Gaga, and I was even uh, talking about Beyonce, mm-hmm. and I'm nowhere near as up to date and uh, a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the two of them. But 
um i know with beyonce she had that uh album that was i am sasha fierce and from what i've been told that is uh was just kind of a way for her to uh write in a different persona and kind of break this kind of thing that she was i guess felt stuck in and then also apparently that's uh Beyonce refers to her stage persona as Sasha Fierce like when she goes up there and is just being you know the Beyonce we know that is what she's referring to as Sasha Fierce so whenever I put Lady Gaga on the list I think that is a very like a prime example of like we that's who we know Lady Gaga as is this like crazy eccentric kind of like you know right pop artist when she's on stage, that's what she's doing. When she's off stage, she's not that same person. Yeah, like she may be going to a red carpet wearing a crazy dress, but that's a, that's just another type of stage for her. But like as right. you're saying, like if you meet her, if you're actually in an interview with her, that kind of stuff, she's she's just a normal person. Where you know there are a lot of people like Gigi Allen, who was a crazy big asshole on stage was a crazy big asshole off stage. So that's not at all right. a persona. Like the guys in the Sex Pistols, that's not a persona for them. That they're all just acting like that cuz they were all 20-year-olds who were assholes. Right, yeah. There's yeah, there, there some artists like to make a difference between those things. And I, I can see why because, you know, especially when you're that famous uh to to have a separation between the fame and like who you are is just an, an average everyday person in, in some ways can be healthy, but in some ways it ends up not being healthy because the onstage persona or the, the public eye persona can be so um, celebrated and so reinforced that it's such a great thing that they can end up getting lost in that persona. It makes me think of uh, Alice Cooper at one point in his career almost died because of his persona. He just bought into it so hard that, and the way he describes it, he says, uh, it started out as a thing. He wanted to do shock rock. And then as he moved through his career, the lines between Alice Cooper on stage and off stage, I don't even know if that's his real name, but the lines between those two characters blurred and he started to take the character off stage with him. And it was very, it was a very like tumultuous and uh, highly debaucherous period in his life to, like I said, to the point where he almost died. His uh, real name is Vincent Damon Fernier. So uh, <laughs> no, Alice Cooper is not his real name. Yeah. <laughs> but another example uh like an Alice Cooper and you know I didn't think about it until you just said this Dave was you know Andrew WK that's one dude that I think that kind of party anthem and party attitude and like he wears all white and all that kind of stuff I think that was you know at a time was a just a persona and has so much he has bought so much into it and this isn't necessarily a bad thing but like that he's just like fully been encapsulated by this character he's created that it is now him i mean they're like it, it's like whenever you start doing a laugh as a joke like a <laughs> and then if you do that long enough that becomes your real laugh and you know why that, are you making fun of adam's laugh <laughs> so, sorry <laughs> I think I mean that that reminds me again that to, to to piggyback on that of Andrew WK that reminded me of and I've talked about them before Man Man 
they all are they're all using stage names and stage personas i remember the first time not the first time i got a man man cd but the first time i looked at the the notes inside and i i saw like all written by ryan katner and i'm like who the fuck is ryan katner i know right. that i know that the main guy's name he goes by honus honus but why did it say they have a ghostwriter? what the fuck is this um but they they all play that up as like this is like that's how they get away. I'll say get away with being as like weird and off the wall as they are as a band because their performances and their music are very odd. So they have this like this this other thing that they go and do and they act like this when they're on stage. And then when they're off stage, they totally separate it. It's kind of crazy how fast they separate from those two. It reminds me of the of the band uh, Steel Panther, if you guys know them. Right. They're like yeah. a, a yeah, everybody knows them, but for the listeners if you don't know them, check them out if you're okay with profanity because they're a bunch of really, really, really talented musicians who were session musicians and then they played in a cover band and then they decided to write music from like the glam rock era of the 80s. But all the lyrics are just very grotesque. And it's it's really entertaining because they're actually really good musicians, but it's just disgusting. And then when they're off stage and they're not doing that, I don't know if there are any interviews with them just being totally normal. Yeah, I'd be so curious to see what their family dynamic is like. Even just any of these artists when they have, um, when they take off that hat and they're not that persona, is there a complete juxtaposition when they're around their family for like a family gathering or something? Yeah, I would imagine really for some of them is like there's, you know, I I think what I I agree with Hagen on here is that like this for a lot of these like pop musicians and stuff like that. Is like even Eminem had his Slim Shady uh, moniker, which was him saying like, "Oh, that was my angry side," and that's how I was able to, you know, just be extremely angry because I'm saying like, "Oh, I'm Slim Shady now. I'm not Eminem." That kind of stuff and getting away with that. I think it, it gives these uh, artists who are developed and like they really know themselves. Like, I would have never known w- without like Wikipedia and the internet as we know it today that the guy from blur made gorillas like that's what's really nice about it and i'm sure there's whether it's actually you know just something mental damon albarn probably was like oh man i can't make a gorillas album under the name blur like people would hate me for that so like it really just gives these artists the freedom i mean and there are examples where like it has nothing to do with that and it is literally part of the band but go ahead hagan what were you gonna say uh, I don't remember what the other thing I was going to say was, but now I have a, <laughs> but I, I, I've been thinking about this since we started talking about this. Do you guys see a relation between stage personas and method acting? Is there something there that kind of, in my mind, I see it as like, they are both, they're, they're taking these characters so seriously that they're going to get basically in their head and become them, right? And so sometimes it's hard to draw the line of where you are when it comes to the character, right? Yeah, I think uh, for, for musicians, the the problem becomes when they get lost in the character. So, you know, some method actors also do that, where they get right. so caught up in it that they can't get away from it. And some actors, when they're playing a character, they, they can just leave it alone when they're done with filming the movie. Right. But, you know, musicians, that's when it becomes a problem is when they can't get away from it, and especially if it's a toxic character they just can't get they get so lost in it that it almost ends up killing them 
Well, and the thing about it with like acting is that if you're a method actor, you go from one role to the next role, right? So you you even if it becomes too much of you, you go from one thing to the next. But it's not like musicians are going from one persona to the next persona, at least most of the time. I yeah, mean, it's it just a really long movie. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing too is you know I've I've heard Shia LaBeouf talk about this where he says it's like. It's it's a someone asked him if he was a method actor and he said I wouldn't say that I am but for me it's a form of escapism and so when you see a lot of these artists that are being thrust into the spotlight at whatever stage of their career I think a lot of them hide behind that persona so that they don't have to be vulnerable or show who they really are because they don't maybe they feel undeserving of it or they have anxiety it plays into yeah. that whole like like the tortured artist thing Right. People think that you need to have, well, and in some sense, there is a there is truth to that. It's hard to make good art if you've had a really good life. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. There's, there's there's definitely there's definitely some truth to that, and I think that also making a persona, like especially like if you have major art, even if you've had a tough life, and it's just like okay, I've I I've I've kind of like wrung it dry. I don't really know what else there is. You know, this persona I can make and tell stories with. I can make a brand new thing with it. And that sort of uh, it, it gives new life to the music and the art. Real quick, Shia LaBeouf. If you guys haven't seen, they did a uh, Zoom call YouTube video of uh, of table reading of Fast Time at Ridgemont High, and for some reason Shia LaBeouf was there. Don't know why, but he is <laughs> in his car getting high the entire time. He is literally <laughs> like it's like it's like Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston, all these celebrities are on this fucking Zoom call, and Shia LaBeouf is just in his car just getting high and then his line comes up and like the zoom call like goes to him and he's just like totally blazed out of his mind looking at the camera (laughs) i'm gonna watch that (laughs) yeah i I really think you know and i don't know if this falls under the stage persona because it wasn't this like smooth calculated thing but like freddie mercury was like notoriously like introverted and a shy person there's really not many interviews uh with him which i found out as a queen fan which is just such a bummer but um that stage persona because everyone is like man he's like one of the greatest frontmen of all time and that was very much him just going out there and just being like this is like this is my time i'm just gonna give it my all and like i you know what's really funny is like that that was his idea as uh, what he was doing on stage was the like what his idea of a macho man was which is very funny because it's one of the most like flamboyant things ever and but it's so not, powerful oh yeah absolutely so i, I mean like yeah the stage personas uh adam i i definitely want to get your take on david bowie i really don't know much about his personas other than it's the the duke um the ziggy stardust, ziggy stardust. what is it the, du- the duke one? of uh the, the white, thin, the white duke, thin white duke, thin white duke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a couple. Those are the only two, you know, real ones that he performs as all the time, or not all the time, but a lot. Um, I mean, there's plenty of personas that are in his music, like Major Tom is a recurring character that he performs, including on like Blackstar, is all the way to the end of his career. But I mean, I think that point of like it gives them something new to do that Hagen brought up is is the main thing for bowie's stuff because that kind of segmented out like different parts of his career of uh now i'm doing this now i've wrapped that up now i'm doing this other thing and doing a lot of cocaine in la and then now i'm done 
in that was the know, thin so, white duke right yeah and that's one of those, those like really destructive you know kind of personas that you got you got too deep into and then had to be pulled out of it by going to berlin so yeah i think it was like the the station to station era where he was like started uh yeah. writing about uh right-wing propaganda and like like <laughs> had had a bunch of nazi paraphernalia yeah and then he was like well i'm just staying in character and then you know obviously everybody's <laughs> like i think you're too far in the character now like yeah, you got to get off the blow, my dude. <laughs> so, Adam, do uh, and as I said, I'm not really familiar with David Bowie. Do those personas uh, do they align with like an actual musical tonal shift? Like, oh, in the Thin White Duke, he is this big, you know, it's a full band, whereas like you know, uh, Ziggy Stardust is a traditional rock band. Like, does it tie in like that? Kinda, but only because they're mostly centered around different albums obviously with the exception of major tom which is a recurring thing in a bunch of bowie albums but like ziggy stardust is you know the classic i would say classic bowie album that everybody recognizes songs from you know all the songs that are in guardians of the galaxy and stuff are from that and that's its kind of own era of you know his music the thin white duke is definitely different in you know station to station and then that era around then but it's not like a, you know, huge difference. It all still is obviously recognizable as his music. It's not quite the, like what, it's not like what Prince wanted to do where he wanted to release that album under a female like version of Prince and never came out, but yeah, Prince not on that Which, same kind of level. Dave, no, nope. it, it was something like Camille or something like that. I yeah. think just joking. What he, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I know you were joking. I said, I said princess. <laughs> And then he and, oh, and then he's so meek and then he so meekly went. I was just joking. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. Like obviously, Dave. <laughs> hey, no one else said it. Nicki Minaj did a similar thing, and I had no idea she did this. But uh, she, as I'm sure a lot of people know, she does can do a ton of different voices. But she had one voice that apparently was on purpose was to sound like a man. And on uh, her album, she would credit. Uh, this person called Roman Zelansky and uh, that to make people think oh that uh, there's a guy on there and uh, she even like created this like like oh this is what he's into this is what he's like and then she later she's like oh no that was actually just me I have heard a lot of Nicki Minaj music and was never never heard the the man lines and was like ah that's that's a man. I've, I, it's like it's still like it has the inflections of Nicki Minaj, but I do appreciate that added level of like world building she created of like, hey, fuck it, why not? Yeah, she. But she retracts. So it's like no, it's like it was me. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah, when guys, someone tells a, it's like someone tells a, an offensive joke and they immediately say just kidding. <laughs> that that was a joke. Yeah, I'm just joking. <laughs> so i don't know uh stage personas are pretty cool i mean hagen you're super into slipknot so i mean you've got to be into it at some <laughs> level i mean i was i, I mean I, I as i've said multiple times i i am a i'm a maggot i'm a member of the the fan club i have a number but uh, at the end of the Can't day you just said that is that a real thing I've said this before i've <laughs> yeah Adam, that's that. a, where have you been yeah i don't think i number. listened to the deep dive that y'all did Oh, yeah, you weren't on that episode. Go check out the Slipknot deep dive. 
<laughs> I've said it different times though. Um, I mean, I think that the persona thing is cool. It does nothing for me realistically. Like it doesn't, it doesn't excite me because, and it's the same thing when it comes to like a lot of levels of music, like music videos don't excite me. I I'm, I'm so much just, I want to listen to it and enjoy it. And there's other, like if, if the, if the other layers are cool and I like them after I've liked the music, then, then that's awesome. But in general, the personas, I, I feel like at a certain point they could be more for the artist than for us. I think they're not for the person, like for the listener to be like, Oh man, I love when so-and-so does this character because that's, I mean, that, that is cool if, if you think that, but I think that when they, when they do this, it's not so that the listener will be like, I love this character. They do it because they like to do it or they need to do it. Um, and so, yeah, yeah dude. I think they're cool. Yeah. I think, I, I think uh, my kind of final thought on it is whenever I think of like, I mean, like, I've said this multiple times like that, like I really, my chemical romance did, you know, those stage personas for each album. But like, I like I, to this day, like wish I could have seen them on that black parade tour. That sounds like that would have been like just fucking nuts. But, um, I just, I, I do agree that, you know, it's probably more for them. And what I'm looking at thinking like, Oh, it would have been great to see them. I'm talking about the stage production. I'm not really talking about like them dressed up in a marching band outfit. And I think that's a whole nother topic of stage production because Muse has like the most elaborate stage productions, but they're not in personas at all. And, you know, I love their live shows. So, you know, it's much like the uh, concept album topic we were saying, like it's cool and it's an added layer, but Give or take, I, I really don't care. I, I would certainly hate to see John Mayer come out and start acting like, uh, you know, here's my Neil Young persona, that kind of thing. I would hate that, absolutely. Yeah, I, I pay to see John Mayer. Yeah, you could also, you know, I wonder if we could talk about um, the Beatles when they did Sgt. Pepper because they wanted to be a different thing. But but at that point, were they not playing live shows? Yeah. They, they weren't playing live shows then. And I would argue at that point, like, they wanted to do that, but I, I don't think they really did. Like, I, I think, like, well, actually, no, I'm talking about a completely different thing. Uh, I'm talking about, like, it being a concept record because people call that a concept record, and I just, like, yeah. I, I fundamentally don't really feel like it is. I don't think there's a through-and-through through story. But, yeah, they did have alternate personas to be able to write different songs. I do agree with that. My bad. Yeah. And I mean, again, that's like, that's, that's a really great way to, to kind of get yourself out of, out of your own head, I suppose. I mean, like, it's a great way to, to, to write something new, to approach something new. I, I, I think that makes sense. Um, but again, I, I, I listen to the music first and then I see what else there is later. I mean, I couldn't tell you how long it took me as a high school to realize what Slipknot was. I mean, right. I, I, I fell in love with them because of Guitar Hero and then I and then I listened to Volume Three, and I was like, "This is an incredible album," and that really just 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 kept getting me into them. And then I discovered, oh my god, they they have this whole thing where they wear masks, and it's a it's an onstage persona, and it's a whatever. And as a fucking high schooler who was into metal, I was like, "This is fucking awesome." Well, and uh, back in that time too, there was like you know in the earlier parts of their career, there was some real mystery around exactly. who they actually Absolutely. were. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Was... I can't tell you how many times I tried to find 
pictures of them unmasked. There was like a website and it was yeah. really shitty pixelated pictures of like, here's Chris Fenn without his mask. I'm like, ah, fuck yeah, he looks like white trash. Yeah, I mean, they, wait, they... do we know who the who the tortilla guy is now? Tortilla man. Yeah, uh, we found out, but I can't remember who it is. It's pretty. Yeah, he's in uh, clowns. Uh, uh, other project. He's one mm. of those guys. God, clowns a douchebag. Yep. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Trash can players. Am I right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I guess it goes without saying, but we are talking about artists, so. There's there's going to be some eccentricities. Is that a word? Eccentricities. E- eccentricities. Thank you for yeah, teaching Chris me that. Chris Evans stick. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> see you next week. Dave's point. <laughs> no, but I mean, we are talking about artists. They they're talking about they want to be vulnerable, but they have trouble doing it. So that's I can see where that comes from. It just fascinates me when they when the lines get blurred. Right. Because yeah. I don't I don't feel like i have an on-stage persona do you guys no but i wouldn't i wouldn't mind having one in the sense that like i would never go up and perform shirtless like the red hot chili peppers but if i had this idea of like hey man like i'm gonna really get into like this character tonight and be that stereotypical front man with like the quote-unquote sex appeal that might be fun like halloween is fun Right, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think the thing is, is like when I when, when I get on stage uh, for certain gigs, uh, my head is in a very specific place. So, and I and I I definitely can thank having a theater background for having the ability to get on stage and like be in a different mindset to be on stage. But I would not describe it as a persona. It's just like I'm in a performing mindset. I'm in a performing place. So, I don't know. I think that's the key difference there. Um, yeah, it's I, like using the using the persona as a vehicle versus yeah. being a performer. And it's not. And it, again, like I mean, when we're talking about persona. I mean, like I'm not walking out on stage viewing myself as a different person. I think to go back to what you were saying, to not get like insanely deep here about wondering about when the when the lines get blurred. I mean, that's something that I would just love to like get like you know a psychologist's take on is see what is happening there. Um, but I, I couldn't speak to that uh, with any true knowledge, but I would love to hear what that actually means. What, I mean, like, is that, is that a, a sign of, uh, you know, like wanting more from your own life or is that a sign of there's something deeper going on? I mean, who knows? Well, it could be in, in some sense, it could be compared to, you know, being out in public and you walk past a stranger and you go and they say hi to you and you're like, hi, how are you? But really you're like having a terrible day. Right. Or when yeah. someone asks you, like, how you doing? You're like, I'm good. But you're not good. That's something that I, that's something that I, uh, to, to, to just hard tangent, I firmly believe you should answer how you actually are when someone asks you. I do that most of the time at the grocery store, and I make the person uncomfortable very inadvertently <laughs> every single time. But they always Damn. ask me how I am, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not doing too great. I've and then better. it stops. <laughs> yeah. Stop. But is that because, is that because, uh, you don't enjoy the idea of really what's happening when people say that to other people is they want everyone around them to be okay. Uh, I mean, I think that when people ask that question, it's like it's like this is just a common courtesy. And, just a platitude. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's not something that people are actually interested in. So I, I would mu- I would much rather just give them the real answer and make them realize how dumb that question is if you don't actually want to know. Um, but 
Yeah, I had a moment of that today. We had a guy come in to mess with some of the... There was a gas leak or whatever in our front neighbor's thing. So they were That's shutting off deal. the gas for a second. <laughs> and uh, the, the guy was they standing... They were zipping the... up the body bags. And I was like, hey, dude, how are you doing? <laughs> Basically, that's what it is. He was like standing at the bottom of the ladder because our attic is, you know, that's where all the stuff is. And he was like, I was like, so there's not going to be any explosions. And he was like, no, but, you know, if this were an action movie, we would want lots of explosions. And I'm standing there like, get out of my house, man. Like, what, are you, what the fuck are you talking about? And he was like, you know, it's like that one movie. Have you seen this movie? And I'm like, no. And he's like, okay, well, it's kind of like Twister. Have you seen that? And I'm like, not in the last decade. And he's like, well, I mean, I think they did it really well. And I'm standing here thinking, like, I should just interact with this person. But I just don't <laughs> give a fuck, dude. Right. I don't care. So yeah, I course. think what we're trying to say is stage personas are cool if you want to do it. If you don't, that's totally fine. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> is that your persona? That's Jackson's yeah. new persona. No, Jackson's persona is fart ass. Jackson's That's his uh, I want to go to bed character. That's it. That's it right there. <laughs> are you, are we ready to find out what we're listening to? Yes. Do we are we bringing it back? Uh, I, I would I'll, like to say before we uh, go into this that I, I meant to mention this off top, but uh, you know I know it's not music news, but I think it's important. You know, rest in peace, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And uh, you know there was a. A big thing with me that like I was really stressed and like trying to make people feel better about like, oh, well, you know, they're going to they can't, you know, choose a new justice uh, this close to election, all that kind of stuff. And my my girlfriend made me stop and think, hey, I get you're trying to be nice here. But what's really the issue is that it's really sad that we lost somebody so important and like such a trailblazer. So, I you know, it's OK to be worried about that kind of stuff. But like don't take away from the legacy of someone so great, that kind of thing. That that was kind of a hard lesson I learned this week of like, wow, that feels really selfish of me for that moment. And like, I completely undermined, undermined uh, these great accomplishments. So uh, I, I meant to say that up top. So I'm sorry that I didn't do that. So um, I'm good to say what we're listening to now. That's a, that's all right. That was a, that, that was a very good, a good thing to say, a good sentiment, no matter when you said it, that was nice. Um, hey, listen. <laughs> okay. Hey, listen to Jackson's cats in the background. <laughs> okay, so y'all could hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure, for sure. She um, just went I'll, nuts. Uh, I'll I'll go first. Um, uh, I have been listening to. Uh, I, I mentioned it before, but the full album came out of um sarah Bareilles' tv show little voice uh so all the music is out but she did all the songs so uh i like that more um and then today i have been listening to uh this is not not new music at all but uh but in your honor by foo fighters has been on repeat all day today so there we go i've just been listening to the regular stuff <laughs> <laughs> Daz put out a new single in uh they're, they have a new record coming out in a couple of weeks, and it's really good. That's it. And a lot of Shania Twain. <laughs> I haven't been listening to anything new, and to be honest, I haven't been really listening to any music this week, but uh, I've been playing a video game called Persona 5, and the music in that 
is some of the best fucking music in video game history. It is so fucking good, and yeah. it is such a damn shame it's not on any streaming service, so it's not very easy to find. And the vinyl copy of it was like a limited release and is like $300 at this point. So yeah, uh, been listening to the Persona 5 soundtrack. What are you listening to, Adam? I've been listening to uh, Tangerine Dream, Craftwork, and Cluster, and you can find out why next week. Ah. <laughs> Damn, a teaser. Ooh, a teaser. Ooh. Craftwork. What do you think of Craftwork? What do I think of? Yeah. I like it. I don't want to listen to a lot of it, but. <laughs> Man. Craftwork is so fucking cool. I like they did this like 3D tour. It was like called Craftwork 3D, and <laughs> it's exactly what it sounds like. If you don't know that Craftwork, great, just actually. yeah, boy, they really put a lot of work into the name of it, though. <laughs> it's I'm not even gonna acknowledge what you just said. And it, like, if you've never heard of Craftwork, go listen to their music. And if you've never seen what they do live, go fucking look it up because it's. These fucking, I think they're German, and it's they basically they just line up and they all have like synthesizers or like a sequencer in front of them, like a singular one in front of them, and they just stand there. It. These like five five German dudes, and they play this like like original techno music, and then they did this tour where it was in 3D, like they had this huge LED screen behind them. It's fucking crazy. So, wow, you, are we done? Craftwork we fucking done? slaps. Are we done yet? <laughs> I really hope we are. I'm not looking forward to editing this one. Um, you got to edit it all tonight. You don't get to sleep. Let me let yeah. me let, let me let me let me let me take us out. Can I take us out? Can I take us yes. out? All right. So I've I've got two things. I've got two things I'm gonna take us out with. All right. Um. So uh, we almost didn't record today. Um. Because my oma, my German grandmother, passed away. So I would like all of us to, if you if you have a drink, uh, if you're driving, don't do this. Um, but I would like for all of us to cheers uh, to Prost uh, to my Oma. She's 93. She is wonderful. Cheers, everybody. Prost. Prost. Um, I'm really sorry, Hagen. If I had alcohol, I genuinely would, but I just drank my last <laughs> bottle of wine last night. I genuinely Whoa, I'm sorry. What? Big boy drinking his last bottle of wine last night. Damn. Did you get drunk? That new job hitting real hard, huh? <laughs> Um, and, uh, I would like to take us out with one more thing. Um, fuck off. Give me a towel. See you guys next week. That was great. <laughs> Did you all plan that shit? I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise that was too good.